Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Rich Scioli from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. On Talk Radio 1210 and the free Odyssey app. Uh, we're going to go right to Attorney General Letitia James is speaking following the Trump decision. Let's take a listen. As an officer or director of any New York company for three years, Mr. Weisselberg and Mr. McConney are also banned for life from serving in a financial management role in any New York company. Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump are banned from serving as an officer or director of any New York company for two years. And Donald Trump and his companies are banned from applying for loans from any New York bank or financial institution for three years. A new independent director of compliance will be created at the Trump Organization to ensure the company establishes internal protocols and meets financial reporting obligations. And the current independent external monitor will continue to oversee the company's financial dealings and ensure this fraud cannot continue. I want to be clear. White-collar financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people, small businesses and families. And everyday Americans cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a mortgage to buy a home or a loan to keep their business afloat or to send their child to college. And if they did, our government would throw a book at them. I want to thank the entire incredible and hardworking team in my office that tried this case. Because the scale and the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so too is his ego and his belief that the rules do not apply to him. Today, we are holding Donald Trump accountable. We are holding him accountable for lying cheating and a lack of contrition and for flouting the rules that all of us must play by because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country and former presidents are no exception. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy that the rule of law applies to all of us equally, fairly, and justly. Thank you. Okay, so uh, obviously you just heard the point that this takes away from working people and she made this equity point and everything else. Um, Amazing to me that she believes that people were actually defrauded when no one came forward and said that they were. Not a bank, no one. No one complained. No one had a problem with it. N- no one. In fact, 
Somebody made a great point, which is that if these assets had not been at what they were, banks would have made less money off of Donald Trump. So the banks had no problem with it, none whatsoever. Now, Trump is going to speak soon, and that will will obviously will bring that to you live as as soon as that happens. And, you know, he'll respond to this and hopefully he'll do that soon. And and I hope he will. And, you know, we can, you know, clearly take that for you. But I I just I'm, I'm, I'm amazed the attorney general of New York you can see the hell-bent intensity. And I know I played it before, but here's a little montage of her vowing to get Trump. And this is why everything she just said, you could dismiss. It's like it's seen in my cousin Vinny. You know, everything that guy just said is BS because this was never about justice for working people or, or, or anything. She ran. She wanted to get Trump. They worked to find something. They found something that nobody had complained about, that nobody in any way, shape, or form had said there was an issue. And so when this judge, this Judge Ergeron here said, you know, Donald Trump is committed this fraud and everything else, but nobody ever came forward to say that they were defrauded. Not one person. So again, here's the montage of Letitia James. Take a listen. The president of the United States has complained that I'm engaging in some sort of political witch hunt, that I've got some personal vendetta against him, that I campaigned against him. That is not true. This illegitimate president who sits in the White House. That president, because he's not my president, he's an illegitimate president. His days are numbered. His days are numbered. We've got to get ready to mobilize, and we've got to get ready to agitate and irritate until victory is won, but more importantly, until Trump is defeated. We will all rise up and resist this man. And ultimately, we'll bring him down. This illegitimate president, I'm going to give you the same level of respect that you gave to President Obama, and that is absolutely no respect at all. Donald Trump has got to go, hey, hey. the attorney general of new york right there that's the attorney general of new york you can understand exactly what i mean when i tell you that this is a woman who is hell-bent and was hell-bent on getting trump and this particular statute that she used here which again you know i've been saying this all day doesn't require any victims doesn't require any intent to defraud nothing and this will be appealed and i hope that trump wins on the appeal he should win on the appeal because let's face it this is insane. By the way, speaking of insane, Fawny Willis's father apparently knew COVID was coming um, before all of us. So maybe he was clairvoyant. Maybe he was in on it. Maybe he was the guy making the bat burgers. I don't know. But Fawny Willis's father, the former Black Panther, he knew COVID was coming. Cut four. Stuck. I was just stuck there. I may be wrong, but I believe COVID hit in 2020. So I was asking about 2019. In 2019, did you spend any time in California? Before COVID was even here in the United States. Remember, I lived in South Africa and I've traveled the world. I knew COVID was coming before. I knew COVID was around before. They may have announced it in in 20, but in fact, I knew about it and I knew what was happening uh, in 19. Now, it looks like Donald Trump is walking out right now and he's going to speak. He's standing outside the 
vestibule at Mar-a-Lago. Um, I don't know if he's actually started yet. Matt, are you seeing that on TV, or am yeah, I a second we, or two ahead of you? You're a couple seconds ahead of us, but um, we do see him standing. We just don't have him speaking just yet. It, he's it should just, be any second. He's using his hands, but he's, he's not... Oh, here we go. Okay, go ahead. It's Donald Trump live from Florida. Here we go. As soon as we catch up here, we're off Judge a couple seconds. Judge a decision anytime in one to two weeks. He could remove both of them for probable cause. Back to you, Shannon. Steve, thank you very much. We want to take you now to Florida where former President Trump is speaking out about the verdict against him. That $350 million plus lets us in. And on the fact that I will get Trump, I will get Trump. Everybody's seen it. Leticia James, they've all seen it. Well, we'll be appealing, but more important than that, this is Russia, this is China, this is the same game. It all comes out of the DOJ, it all comes out of Biden. It's a witch hunt against his political opponent, the likes of which our country has never seen before. You see it in third world countries, banana republics, but you don't see it here. So, I just want to say this. You build a great company, there was no fraud, the banks all got their money, 100%. They love Trump. They testified that Trump is great, great customer, one of our best customers. They testified beautifully. And the judge knows that. He's just a corrupt person. And we knew that from the beginning. We knew it right from the beginning because he wouldn't give it to the commercial division. This judge thought Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million and it's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times that amount. So we realized that. He ruled against me before he even got the case. He ruled against me. He said I was guilty. He didn't know what I was guilty of before he even got the case. And Letitia James, that's another case altogether. She's a horribly corrupt attorney general, and it's all having to do with election interference. There were no victims because the banks made a lot of money. They made $100 million. And by the way, I paid approximately $300 million in taxes as the migrants come in and they take over New York, I paid over this period of years over $300 million in taxes, and they want me out. Oh, let's see if we can get them out. These are radical left Democrats. They're lunatics, and it's election interfering. So I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, we'll appeal. We'll be successful, I think, because, frankly, if we're not successful, New York State is gone. People are moving out of New York State. And because of this, they're going to move out at a much faster rate. They used a statute, it's a consumer fraud statute, that's never been used for a thing like this before. They used it on me because I'm running for president. I'm beating Biden by a lot. We're beating not only the Republicans, we're beating Biden by a lot. The poll came out today, we're up 20 points on Biden. If I weren't running, none of this stuff would have ever happened. None of these lawsuits would have ever happened. Nothing would, I would have had a nice life. But I enjoy this life for a different reason. We're going to make America great again. These are corrupt people. These are people that shouldn't be allowed to do the things they do. And they're using this as weaponization against a political opponent who's up a lot in the polls and always will be because I'm competing with a man who can't put two sentences together, who doesn't know what he's doing. And we're heading into a third world war because of this guy. We have to win this election. They're doing everything possible to step in a way, but we're not going to stand for it. So thank you very much. We will get back to work. Uh, it's a ridiculous award. Listen, a fine of $355 million for doing a perfect job, for having paid back a loan with no defaults, with no problems. The banks were totally, t you know, at the trial, they testified. We had an expert witness 
from the Stern School at NYU that made a statement, he, and I was very honored by his statement. He's one of the most respected people anywhere in the country for doing this kind of thing, expert wisdom. He said, this is one of the greatest financial statements I have ever witnessed before. And he talked about even the detail. So my numbers actually were extremely conservative. They saw this, so what the judge did is he brought down certain values like Mar-a-Lago, made it ridiculous, but the expert, after having all of this, testified it's one of the best financial statements he's ever seen, and I was honored by that. But I also knew we have a corrupt judge, he's not a respected man, and again, I said before, he's been overturned on this case by the appellate division four times already. It's a record. Nobody's ever been overturned on one case four times. And I think very importantly, and I think ultimately the most important, we've employed tens of thousands of people in New York, and we've paid taxes like few other people have ever paid in New York, and they don't care about that. They, it's, a, it's a state that's going bust. It's a state that's going bust because everybody's leaving, and it's all headed up by Biden, who's destroying our country. So this is Russia, this is China, this is what you've been reading about all your lives, and it's happening right here in our country. Thank you very much. We will stop it. We will make America great again. You have my word. Thank you very much. President Trump, uh, okay, so that was Trump's statement. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, he kept saying, this is Russia, this is Russia. You know, the media keeps talking about the death of this of, of, of Putin's opponent here in, in jail. We're not that far off here in this country from what we do to our political enemies. You know, we may not kill them, but we we certainly go after them and destroy them in other ways. My God, this is a police state. He's not wrong on that fact. I mean, not wrong at all. Uh, Earl is in Ciccone. He wants to weigh in on this. Hey, Earl, how's it going? Hey, Rich. It's uh, the Rich Zioli one-time caller of the year. Well, we're so grateful, Earl. We've been waiting for yeah. you patiently. My one once a year, so here I am. Uh, you did miss one Jeffrey Tubin joke, uh, trying to defend Fannie Willis. I mean, you know, Tubin did give it a shot, so there is that. Mm-hmm, but um, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but regarding this is why you're Donald to Trump, one call a year, one. That's why I'm one. limited. That's it. But um, but regarding Donald Trump, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I very rarely am. Um, when you pay property taxes, the property tax is based on the value of the property. So that means that Donald Trump overpaid on his property taxes not necessarily not necessarily because usually that the government makes its own assessment for property tax purposes okay but i was just going to say that assessment what's that well i was was just saying that you know if he overvalued his property uh uh, values then uh maybe he's uh, entitled to a property uh, rebate uh tax rebate which would be ironic that if you know he he paid 300 million dollars in taxes and you know he happened to get uh you know some of that back uh It'd actually be really funny if he actually made money in the deal. Earl, we look forward to hearing from you in 2025. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Thank you, Earl. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay. You as well. Take care. Thank you for taking a shot. You did a good job. Okay. Uh, No, not necessarily because the government usually does its own formula for making assessments for real estate taxes. So, you know, your, your house is assessed at a different price than what the market is worth in terms of what that house could sell for. So they're potentially two separate things. You don't get to tell the government what your house is worth for property tax values or everybody would be deflating the value of their properties, um, which is what I would do, by the way. Um, 
What did you just send me here, Matt? What is this now? So according to the Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger reports, um, our dear friend who was on the show earlier, Victoria Coates, was in fact one of the Trump officials that was surveilled. No kidding. Wow. Along with Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Ben Carson, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, Lara Trump, Melanie Trump, Jared Kushner, Jason Miller, David Bossy, Sam Clovis, Paul Manafort, Jason Johnson, Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, Alice Stewart, Victoria Coates, Christopher Bourne, Jason Osborne, Chris Christie, Donald McGahn, Michael Cohen, Michael Flynn, Alexander Jones, Jefferson Sessions, Jeff Sessions, Rudy Giuliani, and Roger Stone. So Lewandowski didn't make the list? That's amazing. I can't believe Sam Clovis did. He was there for like a day. Uh, Okay, well, that's um, interesting. So Dr. Victoria Coates was one of the people surveyed. Amazing. That is truly amazing. Unbelievable. Uh, this, this this is a weaponized police state we have. And we keep hearing about Russia, 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 and what Putin's doing and all the terrible things Putin's doing. And by the way, this is the big story of the hour brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. Two locations to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, VenariaDental.com. Here's Biden reacting to reports of Alexei Navalny's death, cut number one. I wanted to say a few things this morning about uh, Alexei Navalny. You know, like millions of people around the world, I'm literally both not surprised and outraged by the news. Reported death of Alexei Navalny. He bravely stood up uh, to the corruption, the violence, and the, the, all, the, all the bad things that the Putin government was doing. In response, Putin had him poisoned, he had him arrested, he had him prosecuted for fabricated crimes, he sentenced him to prison, he was held in isolation. Even all that didn't stop him from calling out Putin's lies. Even in prison, he was a powerful voice for the truth, which is kind of amazing when you think about it. And he could have lived safely in exile after the assassination attempt. So what Biden, thank you, Matt. So then Biden, of course, goes on to argue that we need to have more funding for Ukraine. And he also used the opportunity to bash Trump. Now, I'm going to ask a question and I have the answer for you. But if, if again, if Putin is such a bad guy, why are we giving him such a gift? Why are we giving him such a gift? And, you, you know, the other question you have to ask yourself is this death, how it's being used now to say that we need to have more more money for Ukraine. And I talked about this earlier with Dr. Victoria Coates, but I'll play that again for you. You know, history's watching here, so because of Navalny's death, we need to give more of our tax dollars to Ukraine. So because because Navalny's dead, my money, more of my money has to go to Ukraine. That's Biden's argument. That's the argument of a lot of people today on both sides of the aisle, believe it or not. Uh, cut number two. People across Russia and around the world are mourning Navalny today because he was so many things that Putin was not. He was brave. He was principled. He was dedicated to building a Russia where the rule of law existed and where it applied to everybody. Navalny believed in that Russia, that Russia. He knew it was the cause worth fighting for and obviously even dying for. This tragedy reminds us of the stakes of this moment. We have to provide the funding so Ukraine can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious onslaughts and war crimes. You know, there was a bipartisan Senate vote that passed overwhelmingly. 
in the United States Senate to fund Ukraine. Now, as I've said before, and I mean this in a literal sense, history is watching. History is watching the House of Representatives. The failure to support Ukraine at this critical moment will never be forgotten. It's going to go down on the pages of history. It really is. It's consequential. And the clock is ticking. And this has to happen. We have to help now. So then why are you helping Putin get rich? I will explain upon my return. As we continue here in our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Rich Zioli. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. On Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. bad man why is joe biden giving him such a big gift hmm why is that happening welcome back to the show glad you're here our fourth and final hour on talk radio 1210 wphd 855-839-1210 this democrat congresswoman was on with mika brzezinski this morning and she basically goes on and says the thing that you've heard a million times before either you stop putin now or you pay with american blood stop putin now or pay with american blood later you heard Biden, I played the last segment for you, going on about how we have to use the death of Navalny now to give more money to Ukraine. My taxpayer dollars have to go to, to, to Ukraine now because Putin's top critic was killed in prison. So now I got to pay for that. But here's a Democrat congresswoman showing you that this is a bipartisan swamp here that wants to see this money go. Take a listen. Anything about Alexei Navalny's life and everything that he went through to not just fight Russian oppression, but to show it to the world that can teach these Republicans something perhaps they don't know? Well, you know, I, I, I said to myself, I wonder how many of them are going to tweet today about, you know, he was a hero and, and he was a martyr and um, and then in the same breath say, but we, we can't help the Ukrainians fend off Putin. Um, so I, I just I think that he, you know, he is this kind of massive figure um, who went through hell in order to defend and, and protect his country and expose Putin. Um, and again, it just I think of the, the geostrategic importance of this moment. Um, and it's it's hard to um, explain sometimes. Right? I admit that. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for us to be engaged in a place like Ukraine? Um, but you either pay now by providing arms to the Ukrainian or you're going to pay 10 times more in not just treasure, but also blood um, if he goes into NATO. So it just it just highlights all of it this week. And let's not forget, Congresswoman, of course, Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter and American, is being held in Russia for almost a year now. Paul Whelan has been held for more than five years at this point in Russia. I, I don't I don't disagree that we should try to get our people home. But where was the media when that journalist that I mentioned in the previous segment was being held by Ukraine? Where was the media then is my question. But why is why is Joe Biden giving such a gift to Vladimir Putin? This is from the Wall Street Journal. Biden's liquid natural gas gift to Vladimir Putin. Russian media are thrilled by the U.S. natural gas export ban. President Biden is trying to strike a contrast with Donald Trump by promising to stick by American European allies. Perhaps he hasn't heard Vladimir Putin's media organs crowing that his administration has double crossed Europe by halting permits for new liquefied natural gas export projects. Quote, now it's not Russia, but the United States that wants to bring the Germans to their knees. 
quoted the Russian newspaper Pravda after the Energy Department imposed a moratorium on permits for new liquid natural gas export projects last month. Pravda argued that Germany will eventually have to return to buying Russian gas because it will have no other choice. And it may be right. Germany accounts for a large share of the contracted supply from the Gulf Coast CP2 LNG project that is now in limbo because of the permit halt. Frankfurt is rapidly building liquid natural gas import terminals on the expectation of a future reliable U.S. supply. But now the administration is threatening to cut off liquid natural gas exports to Europe, just as Vladimir Putin did. Red Digest a Russian-based news source also predicted Europe will need to buy more Russian gas and be forced to pay a higher price. Quote, the EU may well turn to Moscow for additional supplies. Of course, there'll be no talk of any discounts. Biden's liquid natural gas embargo will leave Europe more vulnerable to Mr. Putin's energy blackmail. Block not a pro-war Russian media outlet accused the U.S. of scheming to replace Russian gas and then pulling the rug out from under the Europeans. Quote, a brilliant scam, how the states fooled Europe with gas. RT, formerly Russia Today, gloated that Mr. Biden's very timely decision to ban liquid natural gas exports was a gift to Russian leader Vladimir Putin. And the journal writes, you know, it's hard to disagree with that last point. Biden's liquid natural gas export ban increases Putin's economic leverage and underscores credibility of the United States as a reliable ally. Sarsgaard, a Kremlin-aligned TV station, broadcast that the export pause offers more evidence that the White House cares about its allies only in words. Russian propagandists are trolling President Biden over this decision. Mr. Biden talks a good game on standing by allies compared to Mr. Trump. He says, when America gives its word, America keeps its word. The president gave his word that America will help Europe break its dangerous reliance on Russian gas. Will he keep that promise or does he mean it only when his climate donors don't object? In related news, the United States House yesterday passed a bill. 224 for, 200 against to reverse the administration's liquid natural gas moratorium and strip the Energy Department of its role over permitting. Republicans finally can agree on something, but it's a shame that so many Democrats who claim to support Ukraine voted in favor of abetting Mr. Putin's energy coercion. So well said, right? So, so well said. And yet we're, we're told now in this word salad that, that, that Biden said a short time ago that Putin's the, Biden's the bad guy. And, uh, I mean, Trump's the bad guy and, uh, I, 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 I then why are you doing this with the natural gas then is the question. Why? Why are you doing this with the natural gas if you know it's going to help Vladimir Putin? Unless possibly, maybe, just maybe, you're also on the take from Putin too. I mean, Putin does want you in the White House. He said so the other day. He thinks you'd be better than Trump. So you're yelling about Trump every every day and then forgetting what you're supposed to say about it, but you're helping Putin by doing this liquid natural gas export ban. Makes no sense. All of us should reject the dangerous statements made by the previous president that invited Russia to invade our NATO allies if they weren't paying up. He said if an ally did not pay their dues, he'd encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. I mean, 
I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. But no, you should definitely say what you're really thinking. We, we, we'd love to know what you're really thinking, what really goes on in that brain. Honestly, we'd love to know. So Putin's uh, top rival's dead in jail. Putin probably killed him or had him killed, or maybe not. Maybe we did it because we wanted to make sure that we can uh, garner support for Ukraine. Either way, I don't care. All I know is that my taxpayer dollars should not have to keep going to Ukraine because Putin's top enemy died in jail. That's all I know. That's what I know. And I think you agree with me on that point. I think you agree. And then using this now and once again using this to turn around and try to advance more money across the world is just incredibly irresponsible by this administration. But it's it's exactly what you'd expect. Nothing, nothing different. At the same time, we do everything we can to empower Vladimir Putin with natural gas. So here's the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, talking about Navalny. And I'm, I'm just going to say then, why doesn't the United States do more to help defeat Putin by being the world's largest exporter of liquid natural gas so that Europe doesn't have to be relying on Vladimir Putin? It's a question I want to know, Mr. Secretary. Of one man only underscores the weakness and rot at the heart of the system that Putin has built. Russia's responsible for this. We'll be talking to many other countries concerned about Alexei Navalny, uh, especially if these reports bear out to be true. I got a question. If you're going to talk to all these other countries around the world, can you get them to pay up their fair share of NATO so that the United States doesn't have to keep going it alone? I'm asking for a friend. Ask it for a friend, please. I just want to know. Since you're going to ask them, why don't you just have that conversation with them? It's like, hey, guys, while you're here, just wanted to also bring up, since we're all really mad about uh, this guy dying, can you cough up the money now for your uh, your NATO dues? You know what I'm saying? Huh? Huh? Could you do that for me? It's just really frustrating. And at the same time, why don't you tell Europe, if you're really so worried about Vladimir Putin, stop buying his natural gas. But then they'll turn around and say, but we don't have a choice because you guys are putting an, uh, an export ban on. So what are we supposed to do? We, we don't need to have a blackout here. We don't want to have a cold winter. We need energy. So what are we supposed to do exactly? That's a great point. What are they supposed to do? All right, coming up, Fawdy Willis's father testified today. She did not. It's kind of a surprise that she did not take the stand after a combative day. But boy, was the uh, the corporate media fawning over Fawny. They were fawning over Fawny, as you can imagine. And was her dad clairvoyant? Did he know COVID was happening before? Was he in on it? Hmm, inquiring minds want to know. Don't go away. Calling on the Zeoli Army to follow 1210 WPHT on the free Odyssey app. Download it now. I don't know, buddy. Just how good was it? The sex. Was it good enough to risk democracy? That's what Stephen Colbert asked, asked Fawny Willis last night. Just how good was it? Was it good enough to risk democracy? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Great to have you with us. Appreciate you being here tonight. This, by the way, is the top story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, venariadental.com. Got a lot to chat about. So Fawdy Willis's dad apparently is uh, some sort of a psychic or I don't know, but he uh, he knew COVID was coming before COVID. 
He knew COVID was going to come before COVID. This guy was good. Back in 2019, he knew. Stuck. I was just stuck there. I may be wrong, but I'm bull- In 2020. So I was asking about 2019. In 2019, did you spend any time in California? Before COVID was even here in the United States. Remember, I lived in South Africa and I've traveled the world. I knew COVID was coming before. I knew COVID was around before. They may have announced it in in 20, but in fact, I knew about it and I knew what was happening uh, in 19. Okay, so so let's let's walk through 2019 then. You said you moved here in September. So no, I didn't say. Why don't we talk about how he knew about COVID in 2019? Hmm. Anybody want to talk about that? Is he the guy that is responsible for all this? Did he maybe possibly I don't know cook the bat burger? Was Funny Willis's dad making the bat burgers? Huh? Is that the thing? Was he making the bat burgers and he undercooked them? Because I'd like to know. Inquiring minds would like to know. The father said, you know, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist here, but black people hide cash. It's what we do. It's just what we do, all right? Don't worry about it. I'm not even kidding. He actually said that today. This is Funny Willis's father from court this afternoon. Uh, take a listen. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Counselor. When your daughter moved or left the house that she owned, did did she say anything to you about having a large uh, savings of cash? Oh, no. She, oh, no. See, maybe, excuse me, and I, Your Honor, I'm not trying to be racist, okay? But it's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained. And most black folks, they hide cash or they keep cash. And uh, I was, no, I train, you always keep some cash because uh, I've been places and just because of the color of my skin. For example, I took a fellowship at Harvard when my daughter was just, uh, uh, if I might, Your Honor, when I was just, uh, she was just, you know. No, you keep cash is what you do. You, You just keep cash. I get it. I understand. You keep cash around. I get it. But Stephen Colbert is not happy. He's not happy. Now, I don't know who's telling the truth here yet, but I will say exchanging business cards isn't exactly a meat cute. <laughs> the movie's not called When Harry Networked with Sally. <laughs> now, at one point, Willis had had enough and really laid into the opposing counsel. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. Damn straight. That's right. That's right. Here's the thing. Yes, it's true. Donald Trump and his associates are on trial in this, one of the most important cases in the history of our republic. So, and I've just got one follow-up question here. Given that if you are removed from the prosecution, it could delay this trial until after the election, how good was this sex? (laughs) Good enough to risk democracy over? Because I've never had sex that good. You you know know what really feels good? Donald Trump going to prison. Oh, wow. Yeah. Late night comedy right there for you. That's some late night comedy. And of course, ABC News gushing over Fonnie Willis. Stunning 
and brave. ABC Disney China, of course, the parent company of ABC News. And we do begin tonight with that stunning moment in court, the high drama playing out in Georgia late today. The prosecutor who brought the case against Donald Trump and his alleged co-conspirators taking the stand herself to defend herself. The dramatic moment when D.A. Fonnie Willis showed up in the courtroom today insisting she wanted to testify, crossing the room there to the witness stand, taking the oath. On the stand, Willis was defiant, fielding questions about alleged misconduct. At one point, though, Willis telling the lawyer questioning her, you're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. But could Fonnie Willis be removed from the case? And what happens to the case against Trump if that happens? Well, you know what happens? The case against Trump blows up. It's over. It's gone the way it should be. Over and gone the way it should be. I mean, her dad did start COVID. Her dad did start COVID, damn it. I'm just saying. But they, they, they were, they, the, 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 I told you they would gush. I told you there was, there'd be gushing from the, from the corporate media. Told you. Told you. Just saying. Just saying. You know, not trying to be, slap myself on the back with knowing these things, but I tend to know these things. Just saying. Uh, you know, the other thing too is I was thinking that um, when you, have guys like Jeffrey Tubin, who's uh, pulling out all the stops, truly to defend Fonny Willis. And then you have Alan Dershowitz also coming out to defend, I mean, to, to say that Fonny Willis may have committed perjury. You really understand the times we live in right now. You've got two different lawyers on two different networks saying two different things. And this is what, this is, this is how it is because these Networks, these corporate networks are all about playing to the choir, preaching the choir and and saying the things that they want their viewers uh, know that they want to hear, saying the things that they know that their viewers want to hear. That's what that's what they do. And they do a very, very good job of it, by the way. They do a very good job of it. Night after night, night after night is what they do. Now, speaking of Biden's brain, as he had another brain lapse today, speaking of Biden's brain, the question that I have is, when are we going to talk about the 25th Amendment? When are we going to have the conversation about the 25th Amendment to the Constitution? If Biden's memory is so bad, he can't stand trial. Well, then how is it that he could deal with the nuclear codes if we're facing this threat from Russia and there might be nukes in space and everything else? Doesn't that make anybody a little bit, I don't know, nervous? Here's another glitch on live TV today from Do Joe Biden. Do whatever the hell they want. I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. Just, just that pause. How painful was that pause? How painful was that pause from the president of the United States of America? Oh, man. Unbelievable. I, I, it's really remarkable. Uh, so as we have this conversation, though, about the 25th Amendment, let's go back in time, shall we? Our friends over at Newsbusters put together a little montage back when everybody was talking about using the 25th Amendment against Donald Trump. Do you remember that? They loved the 25th Amendment. They loved it. They talked about it all the time. Take a listen. What exactly would have to happen to invoke the 25th Amendment in this country? Obviously, I, in an ideal world, 
you would try to invoke the 25th Amendment, which I think is amply justified. The man is deeply mentally unstable. The cabinet should convene immediately to discuss the 25th Amendment. If he's crazy and incompetent and stupid, then we have to look at the 25th Amendment. People in the president's inner circle have brought up the 25th Amendment at least 20 times. This is 25th Amendment kind of stuff. The whisper campaign over the 25th Amendment. We're going to talk about the 25th Amendment. Let's talk about the 25th Amendment. Look at the 25th Amendment. There is the 25th Amendment. Consider the 25th Amendment. Maybe we should consider the 25th Amendment. The 25th Amendment. How likely is it that the 25th Amendment 25th Amendment 25th Amendment 25th Amendment 25th Amendment could be invoked. The 25th Amendment 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 I did my first 25th 25th 25th, 25th, 25th Amendment segment on this show about, I don't know, 30 days into this presidency. <laughs> 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment, 25th Amendment, 25th, 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 25th Amendment, the 25th Amendment, use the 25th Amendment. They loved it. Is the 25th Amendment bad? Hmm? Was the 25th Amendment bad? You remember that? That question that was asked, but was the 25th Amendment bad? You have a president right now of the United States of America who can't remember things. At the same time, the Department of Justice is angry at the special counsel for saying that. The White House is angry, and yet they won't release the transcripts and they won't release the interviews and let us decide. You, you want to prove that Biden's memory was good? Fine, then let's have the conversation. But they don't want to do that. And they don't want to do that. And the reason why they don't want to do that is because they are hoping uh, that you will just focus on that part of the story and not the fact that this special counsel exposed that Joe Biden had classified documents and knowingly disseminated information, knowingly disseminated information to who his son, Hunter, that's who to Hunter Biden, who was doing all this work in Ukraine and Romania and China and everywhere else. And all of these things need to come out. All of these things need to come out and come to the forefront, but they won't. And the reason why they won't is because you and I both know the special counsel's report is to get you to look at the shiny object over here, which is Biden's memory. And part of that is because they want to remove the guy because they're worried he's going to lose, no doubt about it. But the other part is because if you're talking about that, you're not talking about the corruption. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. As the special counsel in the Justice Department spar over the special counsel's report, previously undisclosed letters show a testy exchange over whether the Justice Department violated its own guidelines in releasing a report with comments disparaging President Biden. The letters obtained by the New York Times show that a top Justice Department official rejected complaints from Mr. Biden's lawyers about disparaging comments in the report regarding the president. Lawyers wrote to Attorney General Merrick Garland the day before he released a report by the special counsel, Robert Hur. They raised objections to passages in the report in which Mr. Hur suggested Mr. Biden's memory was failing and questioned some of his actions, even though the special counsel had found no basis to prosecute the president. The lawyers said Mr. Hur's comments openly, obviously, and blatantly violate department policy and practice. The next day, as the department was preparing to make the report public, Bradley Weinsheimer, the department's senior career official or non-political appointee who deals with ethics complaints or appeals of department decisions, wrote back rejecting their criticism. He insisted that the comments in the report fall well within the department's standards for public release. Now, you know why this story is here in the far right wing New York Times, right? Distraction. Distract you from what's really in the report. 
distract you from that. Special counsel indictment looks just as bad for David Weiss as the charge FBI informant. Let's think about that for a moment. Margot Cleveland, again, who's the same investigative reporter who pointed out the timeline between classified documents and Hunter and Ukraine and Russia. No one in David Weiss's office investigated Smirnov's serious claims against Hunter and Joe Biden until after Grassley released a copy of the FD-1023 on July 20th, 2023. On Thursday, special counsel David Weiss unsealed an indictment charging a longtime confidential human source with making false statements. But it wasn't Christopher Steele. The confidential human source who threw the country into turmoil for four years by peddling the fraudulent Steele dossier? Nope. Former confidential human source Stefan Halper, who helped further the Russia collusion hoax, also wasn't the subject of the indictment. Nor was confidential human source Rodney Jaffe, who sought to destroy the Trump presidency with the Alpha Bank hoax. Nope. It was the confidential human source who, on June 26, 2020, told his handler that the owner of Burisma claimed he had paid Hunter and Joe Biden each $5 million in bribes in exchange for protection from being investigated by the Ukrainian prosecutor. Thursday's indictment revealed the name of that CHS for the first time, Alexander Smirnov, and alleged that Smirnov's aforementioned statements, which were memorialized in an FD-1023 report, were false. Since the news first broke of the existence of that FD-1023 last summer, House Republicans championed his reporting as further example of the Biden family corruption. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley focused on the Department of Justice's apparent failure to investigate the veracity of the FD-1023 as part of their probe into Hunter Biden's business affairs. Weiss's indictment presents a powerful case that Smirnoff lied on June 26, 2020, when the confidential human source told his handler he'd had conversations with Burisma executives in 2015 and 2016. An investigation by Weiss's team concluded Smirnoff did not meet the Burisma executives until March 1, 2017, meaning the earlier conversations could not have occurred. The indictment references introductory emails that establish the alleged accurate timing of events, as well as travel records of other individuals, which contradict Smirnoff's claims. The evidence the special counsel's office concluded was sufficient to charge Smirnoff with making false statements and creating a false record. If he did lie to his handlers, then the indictment is well-deserved, she writes. But it also proves something else, too. Why did the investigators waste time chasing apparently false leads? The harm here is not merely that. It's also that Hunter and Joe Biden suffered from Smirnoff's allegedly false accusations and also that his lies may overshadow the other unrelated and substantial evidence implicating the Bidens in a pay-to-play scandal, rendering it more difficult to obtain justice. Smirnoff, however, is but one confidential human source whose alleged lies have created havoc for our country. I mean, Christopher Steele, of course, is the ultimate example of that, the purveyor of the dossier. But you have to understand something, though. The the timing of this was done on purpose because they wanted to send a message that the case against Biden is a joke and it's political and everything else. And that's why they're doing this now. That's why they're doing this now. And we don't know that the claims are false But the timing now arresting him as the Republicans are looking to impeach the president is something that the media is going to latch onto and say there's no case against the president. So the president needs to be cleared from this. You know it and I know it. And he doesn't know it either because he doesn't know what freaking day it is. 
which makes Easter a lot of fun because you can hide those Easter eggs in a beautiful, beautiful way. Am I right? I'm just saying. Am I right? You know I'm right. Okay. So what do we learn this week, kids? We learned that Fawny Willis uh, likes, uh, was it Smirnoff? Likes vodka. Um, Nathan Wade likes cabins. The two of them like afternoon delights. And they had a love shack, baby. Have a great rest of your night. Enjoy your weekend. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. I'm off Monday for President's Day. We've got a little family day. The kids are off from school. But I'll be back, and next week we'll be live from CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. We're excited to broadcast live and bring you some of the nation's foremost conservative thought leaders, hopefully live on the show with us on Radio Row from CPAC. That'll be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you.